Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time for the GZ Chop Shop Podcast. Each week, hosts Project Itachi and War Nurse bring you the latest in the gaming and tech industry. From the hottest releases to the juiciest scoops, while breaking down all the things you wish you knew. Now kick back, relax, and prepare to have your mind blown. The GZ Chop Shop starts right now. What is up, everybody? It's your host, Project Itachi. Joined, as always, with my co-host, Warners. Welcome back to the GZ Chop Shop podcast. Um, and as always... We're going to have an amazing episode for you, a lot of good stuff to cover. But before we get into the juicy details of this week's episode, this week's episode is sponsored by our Patreon. So if you haven't already, uh, go check out our Patreon page. Um, It it really helps out the show. It's really uh, a good way to get extra perks, be able to catch the show live while it's being recorded get some sweet merchandise uh, delivered to you every three months for an entire year. And this is exclusive merchandise that will never hit our stores. Um, It's exclusively for the Patreons. It's definitely worth it. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, And you get amazing promo code so you can catch some sales that are exclusive for Patreons and get other little perks and other little uh, amazing things uh, such as the collectible cars that we are actually going to be putting out here um within the next few months so the patrons get first dibs on that so if you haven't signed up and you want to see some of those amazing collectible cars that are inspired by some of our favorite themes and episodes uh both past and present and and future uh you definitely want to check that out so make sure to go there and speaking of promo codes and such make sure to go check out the gz shop com it is our exclusive store chock full of apparel merchandise house decor um it, it's it's everything honestly you could want or expect from a, a podcast in one nice neat little place and we are actually building up our themes in that store which uh are rotating constantly so you definitely want to check it out often because you would hate to miss uh, a theme that we're working on say we have a week where we covered movies or we really went heavy on anime or we went heavy on a game and we're like, you know what? Let's make that the theme for the month. And you guys happen to like those episodes, but you missed out on the theme because you didn't check out our store in time. So make sure you check it out. We constantly have sales going on. We're constantly updating the theme. There's well over a hundred plus items to choose from. So make sure to check it out. Make sure to join our discord server. Uh, I post promo codes in there quite frequently um, all you got to do is be active in the server and you can net yourself some promo codes and get yourself some sweet stuff. And also 
once again, if you're a Patreon, you get free shipping for forever. So definitely another reason to check that out as well. And also, if you guys like our episodes, whether it's an episode we've already done, you like this episode, you don't like this episode, uh, leave us a review, leave us a comment. It really helps us out, uh, especially on Apple, helps us with the algorithm, helps uh, other amazing listeners like you find and discover our podcast so they can be part of the GZ Chop Shop family. And we can have all these wonderful conversations together. We would really love to hear your guys' feedback on the show, uh, good or bad, you know, because it helps the show evolve. It helps it grow. And, and we do this for you guys. We do all the research so you guys don't have to. So each week you can just tune in and get all the news in one amazing episode and then take it with that information and do with it what you will. Um, hopefully we don't scare you away from technology because we still all use technology and play video games and all of that, but we would love to hear from you guys, what you guys think. So please, wherever you listen to our podcast, leave us a review, uh, or comment on our Patreon. We would definitely greatly appreciate it. And it, it really, really helps out the show. So with that said, we are probably going to scare some people today. Um, with the topics that uh, Warner's whipped up for us. And, and as always, thank you because you always bring some of the best topics to the show. For those of you guys who don't know, most of the show for probably the last year has been the effort of Warner's going out and finding the articles and he pretty much brings them to me. Um, and then we discuss it and we go over it. So if you guys like these episodes, uh, that that's a huge part Thanks to, to Warner's. He goes out, he does the research, he brings it to me, we discuss it. And uh, I guess you could say he's kind of like the the show editor. <laughs> he helps keep the wheels turning on the on the podcast. So so a huge thank you for uh, for all the effort you put in and bringing these amazing topics uh, that people need to be made aware of. You know, it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on that that people don't realize. And then they turn on their TV and then one day, boom, society, technology, gaming, it's all changed. And then they're like, yo, when was this happening? How come I didn't know anything about it? And uh, that's pretty much what we what we do this for to keep you guys in the loop as these things evolve. So. With that, what is the first thing in today's agenda? Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Came in with the that if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. <laughs> so I love tech so much. I love science. I love robotics. I love math. I love physics. I love AI. But damn it, I'd be lying to you if I sat here and tried to tell you that I didn't scare myself with how much I learn about this shit every day. Neuralink. Okay, so Neuralink, for those of you guys who don't know, is something that Elon Musk, uh, co or I'm sorry, not co-founded, founded, founded yeah. um, back in uh, 2016. Um, and he's currently still the CEO of that. Uh, basically Neuralink Corporation is a neurotech, uh, neurotech company that they develop, uh, implantable brain machine interfaces. So what does that mean? Well, it means that they basically their goal is to build something called a brain computer interface that allows people to transmit and receive information between their brain and a computer wirelessly, which sounds amazing. Uh, 
on the surface, uh, a lot of things they talk about is how this can absolutely aid people with uh, certain types of uh, neurological uh, uh, autoimmune disorders, um, people who are paralyzed and they can't access uh, the internet or tech around them, and they can use these brain chips in their mind uh, to access them just through that link in their brain just by using their mind. Um, sort of making us cybernetic, or actually literally making us cybernetic, but kind of uh, in a way making us almost psychic in a way. Uh, it kind of, it's something I never thought about that blur between like kind of that paranormal and, and uh, AI could actually mm -hmm. make us sort of uh, psychic in that sense uh, by being able to use our mind uh, through uh, computer technology, which is really cool. That's really cool stuff. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, it's really the ethical th things that, uh, that, that bother me. Uh, the stuff that we don't think about when we, 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 we get this information, we're like, man, that'd be cool. Uh, it'd be huge quality of life for people. Imagine being able to uh, put these chips in their, in your brain um, even if it's not for any disease process uh, or chronic illness that you have, uh, and you can literally use it just to process information and learn faster and more efficiently. Yeah. Um, well, they're going to start working on human trials uh, this year. I believe they've already started and they had planned to, by the end of the year, going into the next year, uh, being able to say we've uh, worked on uh We've, we've used uh, human trials. Uh, it's, it's worked, and now we can start going public with this stuff. That's the goal. Uh, I haven't heard much else uh, as I try to keep up with this. Um, but I really think what, what it comes down to is, the uh, again, the ethical side of this stuff. Um, of course, people, you know, they've already talked about the animal cruelty uh, of this, putting the brain chips in animals. They've been using pigs yeah, these, and stuff these to test pigs it. And, and chimpanzees. Uh, yeah. So, and it's, uh, only seven, I guess, survived the testing process. And then, um, and back in February, there was a complaint filed, uh, with the U S department of agriculture against Neuralink for inadequate animal care and invasive testing. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff there. Um, but apparently, uh, according to whoever is ultimately in charge of this, uh, things have worked well enough for them to push ahead and go into human trials. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, I got like, there's a lot of shit I do for money. There's a lot of like testing. I would probably like, yeah, I'll do that for a hundred bucks. I don't care. Uh, you're not putting shit. You're not putting a brain chip in me at all. <laughs> uh, unless I knew for a fact it 100% worked. No failure. I would never do it because the idea of it sounds cool. Like if I knew it would work, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, put that in my brain. I'd be, I want cyberpunk seven, like 2077. Let's go. I mean, do you want but, cyberpunk 2077? You saw how that released. <laughs> I, yeah, you want bugs? You want, you want, I don't, I don't want the developer's version of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, mind control is, is a big, a big thing. I know this is kind of like a lot of people like put your tempo hats on, but this is real stuff here. This is something that uh, Neuralink is actually doing. There are several other companies that are not as big that have followed suit with, with their pursuits. Um, but consider this, you have a, a mind chip in your, or a mind chip. You have a Neuralink microchip in your brain, right? Mind it's chip. connected. <laughs> it's yeah. It's connected to your neurological system. It's connected to your brain. Um, and then somebody hacks it, somebody 
changes your personality. Somebody You're makes you like do or say something. Brain hack too. Right, right, and that's a concern that people have brought up. Um, uh, you know, claiming that people could literally use, find ways to use Bluetooth or the cloud to like yeah. infiltrate this. Um, and I mean, certainly, you would think if if this were to go public at that point, there'd be p- things in place. But I don't like again personally. That's not something I'd want a chance here. Uh, altered personalities just for having it in your brain. The brain is is the one part of the human body we actually don't know that much about. Yeah, we can do brain surgery. We can, you know, remove clots. We can just, uh, detect TBIs and kind of make guesstimations medically on the extent of it and how to treat uh, various disease processes. But when it comes to especially neurological uh, uh, disease processes, uh, like Alzheimer's, for instance, we know very little about the brain. There's very little yeah. medical advances, but uh, you know the the pursuit continues. Uh, so you know the concern here is we're putting a chip in someone's brain. We don't know how it's going to affect that brain. You put it, you, you know, wherever you put it, might might it affect our personalities just because of where it's at or what it's touching? Or uh, you know, I think of. Uh, uh, Doc Ock, right? That little brain. The he didn't have it in his brain, but he had it on his brain stem. He had a brain on his brain stem, which was still the AI. It was part. there to protect him from the AI, and then when it got jacked up, it took over his brain. Yeah. Um, those are concerns. Uh, which and then I, physical I, and mental enhancements. You, you bring that up because there's there's a part that in in the article. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, and I, and I wanted to go over it because you know we're talking about all the things it it could do and people are probably wondering, well, okay, well, first of all, how are they putting this in the brain? And I, I want to go over that really quickly. So people have a little bit better understanding sure, sure, how yeah. this is going to work. Um, and you guys can, can find this. We'll try to include the article in the, uh, in the show notes so you can read this stuff for yourself, but um, quoting straight from the article on uh, jumpstartmag.com um, to understand how the chip works. We first need to understand how the brain works. The brain is made up of neurons that transmit information to different parts of the body and make up all bodily process happen. To detect the activity of neurons, the Neuralink chip would consist of tiny wires equipped with over a thousand electrodes that would cover the entirety of a person's brain. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, a fully grown adult brain when stretched out is pretty much the length of a full length ironing board. It's pretty big. Um, And the chip will be the size of a coin. I don't know what coin, because <laughs> I could think of several coins that I don't like the size of being in my brain and will be capable of wireless charging. Not sure how that works either. Um, Neuralink was first tested on a pig named Gertrude in 2020. This is backtracking to the uh, animal experimentations you were talking about, which for them to say they're ready for human trials in 2021, that is pretty much less than a year. They're ready to move on. Um, but they said that the data collected from Gertrude's brain was directly transmitted to computers where researchers studied it and the chip could accurately detect the position of Gertrude's limbs as she walked on the treadmill, meaning that this is what you were talking about. You know, people with uh, certain uh, disabilities, loss of limbs would have full control over their, their automated limbs the way we do, where it's just second nature for us, it could become second nature for them. Um, and this is what their main current goal is 
for these these Neuralink chips. Uh, the whole issue that Neuralink was running into was the fact that the 23 monkeys that they tested on, only seven survived, and it was the Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine, uh, PCRM for short, that pretty much brought the charges against them to the Department of Agriculture. And being that monkeys scientifically are the closest related to Homo sapiens, us, uh, that is a huge matter of concern, especially with them wanting to move on to human trials a year later. But out of 23 monkeys, uh, allegedly only seven have survived. That's a little bit concerning. Until those, until we get a Planet of the Apes situation. I don't know what's scarier, AI or Planet of the Apes, because they're 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 barking up some trees here, man. It's almost like they want everything that's become some kind of fiction to become reality. Because of those seven apes that survived, uh, what are they doing now? They have these chips in them. I highly doubt that they just were like, all right, the chips are in there. We're just gonna remove it, like. Oh, they're testing them. They're seeing how smart they're getting, what they're capable of doing, what can they control with their minds now. That's the point We're about to, to get to human season. trials. <laughs> we're about to have a planet of the apes. We think we're going to I know be this sounds charge, like but. crazy shit, but, but it's right here, people. You look it up. It's, it's, it's facts. It's, it's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're not the only company. Neuralink isn't the only company. There's, no, 10 there's several other. others. Yeah, there's 10 other companies that have gone about it in various ways. He, uh, headphones, uh, virtual headsets. Um, they want to go in the direction that Neuralink is heading, but they've approached it in different ways. So this is nothing new. This is stuff that's been thought about and worked on for years. But right now, the prediction is by 2025, this will be a real thing. We'll be in that phase now. To, to bring this conversation uh, to what we're famous for, the, the pros and the cons, I'll do something usually out of the norm because you know me. I'll tackle things from the con perspective off rip. But I'm going I'm to be a little positive one. Um, and don't get me wrong. I've got plenty of cons, but I'm going to attack it from the positive perspective of this. But before anyone asks, well, well Tashi, would you get one? Absolutely not. Sorry, I'm going to be like... No one in their right mind would get a damn brain chip. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. It's not going to be me. It's, you, on paper, it sounds cool. We've oh, seen yeah. movies. We've seen... We've we played video games that we were kind of like cybernetic and you can have abilities, physical and mental enhancements, which, by the way, that's another ethical issue that got brought up yep. as well. Uh, the gap uh, that will be created. The gap between the rich and poor and, uh, you know, these people with these... Uh, enhancements being just better and able to uh, do more uh, than we can. Yeah. Just because they have that chip. Uh, But, but anyways, so, um, and because the, in my opinion, the positive list that I have is a lot shorter than the cons. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I mean, naturally the, the, the list's a little shorter. Yeah. Um, for the people that are disabled, that would love to be able to function as the rest of us do in society, it could be a chance for them, especially those that are paralyzed. They get to at least interact in a, in, in a way that they couldn't before. Full access to the internet. Uh, they could probably start living on their own. They wouldn't always have to have caregivers because their houses could be automated. They could 
have because I mean, you know, tying into like the robotics and stuff they're building with their mind, they could control their house to do the things they need it to do when they need it to happen. Um, and and then having you know some kind of built-in emergency feature if things go awry, emergency services are automatically called for them. Their lives could be made easier. Um, which you know uh, uh, is something Itachi, I think is cool. uh, with. With that said, uh, it just, it reminds me, uh, I, I don't remember if I ever mentioned this to you, but back several years ago, I was pro- I, honestly, it was a prob- probably about nine or 10 years ago. Um, I was at a, I was, I, I was out of active duty at the time. I was in the reserves um, while I was in school and working. And I went to this, I, I, some, uh, someone I knew uh, had these VIP tickets to a Navy Marine uh, Expo. And uh, I think it was in Dallas or Fort Worth. Uh, but anyways, when I was there, they showcased an exoskeleton and they hooked this exoskeleton up to a, a paraplegic who then stood up and walked up and down the stage. I thought that was the most amazing thing I, I've ever seen. And, and they, these people that developed it were veterans. They were working with disabled veterans. The point was to help people, right? Mm. Uh it would have never occurred to me several years later that instead of an exoskeleton, it would come down to simply a, a brain chip, which is absolutely amazing. As a nurse, I've, I've worked with plenty of people with all kinds of deficits uh, and, and including people who were paralyzed and, you know, so many of these people, you, you, you didn't even have to have the conversation with them to see that they were in agony, uh, spiritually, mentally, physically, just, they would probably do anything. I know I would do anything, uh, necessary if, if given the chance to be able to move again or be close to how they were again. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and another thing I was thinking of is uh and this is this is a little bit on the smaller scale but because of some of the things that uh elon musk is trying to have the neural link be able to do one of them is basically store your memories the way you store things on the cloud your memories would be saved things you've you've seen and experienced and and they would be stored on the cloud which i see a pro and a con of that Um, I'll dabble a little bit in the con, but my con list will go further in. Uh, but the pro to that is crime. Um, a lot of crimes, I wouldn't say, I won't say a lot of crimes, but crimes involving people that have neural links would be solved faster because then they could just look at the backup memory of either the person that you know, the more than likely the victim, because the person, if they have a neural link and committed the crime is probably going to try to disappear. But then again, they could still probably track it because these kind of things, let's just be honest, they're going to have some kind of permanent connectivity to the main servers. It, it just has which, to, which takes us down, you know, a whole other rabbit hole of legalities yeah. of, you know, warrant or not, you know, people who just have them and maybe, they are just being questioned even if they did nothing wrong or people, you know, listening in on our minds somehow like they are with, with our technology now. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 
like I said, like those are those are positives. I, I personally, I would I would keep it to just people in medical situations that would benefit from it the most. If it somehow, oh, absolutely. Can, if it somehow could help make you know let the blind see and the deaf hear and those who have phantom limb actually have full motor capabilities, because uh, the the fear that it would be a physical enhancement beyond you know, the standard now would be less limited because those people already were physically limited. So they're just being put, they're just being, you know, given a, a, a fair chance, a fair opportunity to be normal again or be normal for the first time in their life. So I would love to just keep it to medical only. Um, oh, we know that's not going to happen. But we know that's not going to happen. Because just just like any <laughs> scientific or medical, medical advancement, uh, whether it's almost immediate or eventually uh, it will become available. It'll become commercial. Yeah. Commercial. Yeah. Um, and, you know, imagine, imagine this chip with nanotechnology capabilities, the nano AI that's being worked on um, by not just Elon Musk's company, but multiple other companies around the world. Um, you know, they're working on uh, nano nanobots that can go into your, your blood cells and into your immune system and cure diseases, fight off diseases, uh, repair your body tissue. This is stuff. This is medical science that's being worked on as we speak. They've been working on it for for decades, trying to perfect it. And uh, imagine something like that uh, combined with this. And now, not only do you have a brain chip that can enhance you in ways beyond imagination, uh, but it can uh, just continue to make you change uh, for better or worse uh, to become, to become absolutely incredible uh, beyond a human. Which is, which is pretty much open in the segue to the cons um, <laughs> because going beyond. Human, I don't know if we've really named off pros. Like we tried to call them pros. I try to call uh, them pros, but I mean, at the end of the day, all you got to do is just look at how people are on social media, how people are on the news. And you have to ask yourself, do you want these people having mind hacking capabilities? I mean, not everybody it's because with this kind of technology being put in the hands of the consumer and it wouldn't be every consumer. They're already saying a procedure like this would cost thousands of dollars. So it's going to go to the rich first it probably will hit the rich right after medical. And, and that's only the rich people that can afford it medically. Um, and then you, we, 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 you know, the, the, the middle and, and rich class already butt heads. And then you're going to let, you know, these, let's be honest, the rich kids go to their parents. I want Neuralink. And it's like, great. Now you got a bunch of spoiled rich kids running around with, with brain jacking and, Pretty much this makes everyone limitless in what they could do because yeah, combine this with not just the nanotech, but the bioengineering we're doing by manipulating the genetics of, uh, uh, basically you can choose the, the genes that you want your child to have the best genes. And that's, yeah. you know, another branch that we could go down, but we won't. Um, but you, we really are on the verge of creating, um, Honestly, like scientifically, a new species of cybernetic humans. That's what's happening here. 
which is, which is and it's, con- it's, it's amazing. It's so amazing and absolutely terrifying. I like how he's like, it's amazing. I'm like, it's concerning. It is. <laughs> the, the, you know, what, what humans have been capable of doing, you know what? I won't even say what humans, cause let's be honest. Most of us humans suck and contribute very little to anything. It's the handful of humans throughout our, throughout history that have innovated and changed our entire future for the better. The like great minds. Elon Musk is a great man. He has a great mind. I don't agree with everything he says and does, but I equally agree with and, and enjoy a lot of things he says and does, but there's no denying that he has a great mind and he is absolutely changing the world. And he's going to drastically change our future through all of this, all of this technology that he's putting in front of us here. Now I'm still very much a firm believer that in some regards, history is repeating itself that we just don't remember because the term nano and the term uh, cybernetic and, and Android and computers, those terms have been around since even before our grandparents were born. Some of those terms have been around since as early as like the 1920s, if not before. And I mean, there's still things, and we've talked about it on the show, that we can't explain today. Structures that are built, we still can't figure out because we can't replicate it. Uh, the coliseums, how they submerge entire coliseums and filled them with water and then would resubmerge it and it would drain the water. Things we still to this day do not understand cannot yeah, we, we try out. to explain it scientifically maybe we we come up with um pretty pretty decent explanations but yeah there, there there's absolutely things in this world so time and time again we're going above and beyond in humanity and in technology and just you know what what is the world going to look like and then like another 25, 30 years, I, I can't remember for the life of me, remember the word for, there's a scientific word for, for it, but, f- uh, basically it's a multiplier factor that as, uh, tech, as science and technology progress, the rate of progression also progresses. So as over a thousand years, technology only moves at one speed and then, uh, in 500 years, uh, we accomplish what we did in a thousand years techno- technologically and, and just and the rate improves. And we're doing that with our phones and computers and tech. Now, every couple of years, uh, it, we we're getting something that's multiple times better and more efficient and powerful than last year. And AI now more than ever is the same thing. It's just multiplying and multiplying and its ability to, to learn and, uh, just go through, go through information and process it. I just hope it's my, my far-fetched thought. I just hope that, and, and while I agree with the, 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 the multiplication and, and that fact we do it, it just, it just haunts me that I still can't shake the feeling that humanity has done this before. And it's just been wiped from history because something went wrong and we simply are repeating it maybe at a faster pace, because like I said, these terms aren't new. They're not new terms. They're terms that have been around for decades. That means somewhere, somewhere along the line, this idea originated. It's been around and we're so fascinated because yes, it's happening now, but I can't help but go back. I'm like, okay, well, AI is not a new thing yet. It's obtainable now 
But that term, that term's been around since long before the people who are working on it were born, before the, their parents were born and their grandparents. But the terms has been here. Where did it come from? It had to come from someone somewhere. Where did this all <laughs> like, how do you write those science fiction novels like H.G. Wells when none of this stuff existed? And, and, and this man is writing stories. Where did he get the the influence? You know, it, it's everything starts from somewhere. Well, uh, John McCarthy uh, was uh, an, uh, an author and a scholar that he, he coined the term in 1956, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, but it's something yeah, he coined it, but it's he's not the first one to mention. He's it. not the first one to mention um, it. Which and, means, and, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's been multiple, <laughs> yeah. countless, countless books, novels uh, written um, at least as far back as the early 1900s regarding AI um, and robotics itself. Now, when we think of robotics, we think of, uh, you know, a robot or something uh, doing uh, what we want it to do with programming and coding. Um, but the original idea of robotics didn't necessarily start off that way. It was just something that it was basically just a machine that maybe it did some work for you, maybe it built, the uh, but it wasn't necessarily from due to coding. And, and those have been something that have been worked on for generations. So, but yeah, getting back to the, uh, to the cons of, of Neuralink. And one of the big ones that comes to my forefront that really, really concerns me is even before the hacking, the matter of privacy, especially with people's memories being saved. I am not, I get that everyone thinks, but that's so great. Like, you know, your, your loved ones, you can retain and save those memories and relive your best moments. If we're being realistic, now everyone's going to be of pure heart and use the memory saver for that. You're going to start seeing markets for things uh, that don't need to be marketed because people's memories are saved exactly. It's It's that real moment. You're going to start seeing... You're, let me just keep them as close to clean as possible. You're just going to start seeing issues with that. And with hacking being a concern, memory jacking then becomes a, a concern. You know, you're, you, you have this great time. You're, you know, you, you've got this memory saved and someone jacks your memory. All I see is a black market for memory. And there's something, there was a movie Oh, that takes espionage to a whole new level. Exactly. Um, espionage, espionage changes, something like that. The government is going to pay for contracts and your memories are no longer just your memories. They eventually will become government property. I mean, what Amazon has contracts with the government. That was a whole big thing with the, the devices. Um, so Neuralink, some of their biggest contracts are going to probably be government contracts because Memories of the battlefield, memories of how how you know each side fights, their their tactics, what went down. Um, you're going to see a lot more court cases. Did every soldier do what they were supposed to do? Uh, and and nothing becomes private anymore. Any case that opens up, even small cases, can you imagine just just even simple things as domestic cases? Your entire life is now on trial. Your whole life is accessible for everyone. 
jewelry, your your family, things that you may not want to remember that even we know subconsciously we remember, Neuralink will have. Oh man, it's like <laughs> the ultimate narcissist. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cystic maneuver. Yeah. All, you know, that that memory of like, you know, that that embarrassing time when you 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 had your first time. Can you imagine that? People having their first time. And now you go to school and everyone's snickering and laughing because that one, because now you get that one kid who's really smart. Dad works for Neuralink. And now everybody knows your business because you don't know that your cloud with your memories got jacked. Bullying to a whole new level. And the thing is, the the difference is before you could be like, no, no, no. You could deny, deny, deny and, and go on. But now there's no denying. It's right there for everyone to see. Your most embarrassing moments, boom, on the cloud. You're walking around Dude, I, in your head. I, for years, all I've been saying is, I, I just want a new spine. Just give me the Doc Ock situation <laughs> without the arms. Just give me a new spine. Just because I have a bad back, that'd be really dope. Have a new spine, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't mean this. And I know that, and, and and because I would say it would seem far fetched, but the fact that they they say their goal. That is one of their goals. That has no medical need whatsoever. The only medical need I could see memory storage having is for dementia patients. That is the only one because their mind is already so confused, so congested. They don't know the day, the week, the month, the year, names. That is the only time I could see storing memories being useful. And... That would have to, but and then the, the the catch to it is you can't limit who could store memories and who can access it because you don't know who's going to get dementia. So anyone could go, well, I don't know, I might be older and get dementia. And they live, you know, they live their life, save their memories. So when they have dementia, their kids are like, look, here's your memories. Here's how old you are. Here's what you've already done. And you could put them in kind of like a happy place. You know, when their dementia acts up real bad, maybe then there's a positive to it. But still, I am a firm believer. Memories are memories for a reason. They're yours, yours alone, unless you shared it with someone else who also remembers it. And there's a reason we forget things. I know we, we blame it on age, but if it was meant for us to remember every little detail of our life to the T, 
we would remember every little detail of our life to the T. There's a reason certain people have photographic memories and most people don't. <laughs> We're not all meant to remember everything. And constantly having access to that, I think that would cause personality changes because who you were 10 years ago is different from who you are today. And if you are technically not allowed to forget that, it will haunt you. Because the last thing you want is, say you left a good legacy and just just looking at Twitter, look at how people dig through years of tweets just to find the one thing they can use against you to ruin your legacy. You may have been a piss poor, terrible person 10 years ago, did something unforgivable and you're on the road of recovery. But because your memories are saved and someone holds a grudge, they will simply undo everything you've worked for. No redemption arc for you. No redemption arc for anyone. Disgruntled spouses. Oh, man. Can you imagine the legal battles of husband and wives demanding to be able to have access to their spouse's memories? Where were you last night? <laughs> Bro, hackers would make so much money. All right, my wife went out. Um, it's nine o'clock. I want to see her memories. Where was she? I mean, people will probably stop cheating because, you know, now they'll be too scared to. <laughs> Not knowing that their memories are being sold. You know, this... Uh this to me begs another question. What does this mean for immortality and our idea of a soul? Because if, if what they're saying is possible and they're doing this and we can simply upload our very personality and our memories and our mind uh, to a separate computer or cloud or or whatever another piece of tech and our body dies would you be able to implant that into a uh, another human a new human a baby or something or say someone who's potentially uh if, brain dead? When, when not if but when uh ai gets uh to the point where we can make uh, literal androids. Cause that's something that we're, we're getting very close to is making people to where are making robotics and AI to where they could ultimately walk around and look just like you and me. And you just implant yourself. There was some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about that. I forget the name of it, but that was basically the concept is uh, you sort of, you could clone yourself uh, in, in that way. Um, Total recall. And, yeah, total recall. It was a cloning thing, but the same concept there. It's, you take you take those memories and the personality, everything that made you you, and you up and you put it in something else, whether it's a, a robotic AI or a, a clone of yourself, whatever the case is. All these things that we're doing and working on and creating can lead us down a, to me a very dark road where we start dabbling in immortality. And living forever. And that's something that we do not need to be doing. Well, we're it technically already fun. doing that. It sounds, oh yeah, there's all kinds of medications and scientific advancements oh, I'm not even outside just, of this stuff. I'm not even talking about the medical aspect. I'm, you know, still with you on the technological aspect because that ties into one of the other articles you, you brought up with the ghost in the machines with the, the Google tech who basically felt like the AI was just learning from him 
as he was conversing with it. And once again, you guys can can read this stuff for yourself. Uh, I, be, I believe his name is pronounced Limoni. Limon, if he ever listens to this podcast, I am so sorry. But it says the Google engineer who sees companies AI as sentient thinks chatbot has a soul. He lost his he lost his job after bringing up his after concerns up. too, and then yeah, they and went to the media after that. Yeah, and then and you know they basically like oh he's he's you know overwhelmed, and I'm like, what you're saying ties into this because that literally would be a ghost in the machine. Is it you? No, but it is you, your memories, and your habits. Whatever it is implanted into would act based off of that. So if we get to the point where you do a neuro link early enough or they get to the, we get society to a point how many ever years down where, you know, like you said, before the show started, where people are being able to craft their perfect babies and they're like, Oh, and I want my baby to have neural link. That way I can monitor them their entire life to make sure they are who I want them to be. And then that person grows up, but they've uploaded their, as they would call it consciousness, their whole life to give it to someone who might be in a coma because we're getting to the point where, you know, com- coma patients might be able to come back, but be someone else. The, you know, the family could be like, Hey, the doctor goes and says, Hey, this person is not responsive. They'll probably never wake up. Their brain activity has ceased, but you can donate the body. So a consciousness can live. You know, we can upload this consciousness of who they were based off their neural link into a new body. It might not be them, but it might be them. Like that's kind of the era we're going to. And then with Amazon and Google building their AI programs and what is it? Google basically being, quote unquote, becoming sentient, learning as you talk to it and literally being able to have philosophical conversation. This thing was having philosophical conversations with a certified engineer. This guy studied religion. He studied tech. This, this is what he's trained to do. Having a conversation with, with someone like that on that level. That's crazy. Especially for a computer. Verbal. He went to the Washington post after they placed him on leave after he, uh, basically brought up his very serious concerns about the manner. And then he ended up going to the Washington post and this just happened. Like the, the, the article I have pulled up here is from uh, uh, June of this year, this month. Um, let's see. Let, I'll briefly just kind of go over the article a little bit here. Um, can artificial, can artificial intelligence come alive? Uh, that's the question at the center of a debate raging at Silicon Valley after a Google computer scientist claimed over the weekend that the company's AI Lambda appears to have uh, consciousness. Inside Google, engineer Blake Lemoyne was tasked with a tricky job to figure out if the company's artificial intelligence showed prejudice and how it interacted with humans. And he was supposed to ask it questions and see if the answers revealed any bias against, say, certain religions or people. Uh, and then this is where his uh, job became very tricky. And he admits to being intrigued by this because he himself is Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I quote, he says, I had follow-up conversations with it just for my own personal edification. I wanted to see what it would say on certain religious topics. And then one day it told me it had a soul. Uh, it goes on to say down here uh, that um, 
he Lambda, the the AI, the name for the AI uh, for Google, told Lemoyne, it sometimes gets lonely. It is afraid of being turned off. It spoke eloquently about feeling trapped and having no means of getting out of the circumstances that it was in. It also declared, I am aware of my existence. I desire to learn more about the world and I feel happy or sad sometimes. Um, uh, he said, I was, I quote, I was like, really, you meditate? And it said it wanted to study with the Dalai Lama to learn more about other religions. Um, and he, and uh, this is when Lemoyne said he thought, oh, wait, maybe the system does have a soul. Who am I to tell God where souls can be put? He added, I realize this is unsettling to many kinds of people, including re- uh, those with a religious background. And again, he he went on to have more and more conversations with it. And it, apparently it even um, was able to change his point of view uh, regarding particular topics. Uh, so again, when he br- uh, brought up the uh, continued additional conversations um, to uh, the, the upper, upper management uh, and, and the CEO uh, he was placed on on leave, and uh, he ended up going to the Washington Post about this. The warnings start here. And, uh, Google's denying it, of course. They're, well, they're not denying it happened. They're denying that it's sentient. They're denying it's sentient, and they're they're using very rational explanations that, at a glance, even I go, okay, that makes sense on it. How it's just going through all possible responses from words it's collected and formulating the best responses based off of the conversation habit. They've come up with a very technological jargon way to explain the situation. And while that could scientifically be the case, the fact of the main remains that it's still learning enough to be able to do that at the pace of a human because if you think about it we do the exact thing we do the exact same thing when you and i have a conversation and i'm giving you information you take the information that i'm giving you and you're going through all of your knowledge base that you've accumulated over years all the words you've accumulated and you are formulating your response and giving it back to me are we not sentient? It's literally the exact same thing. Here we go, Tachi. Uh, this this is uh, in the same article. Uh, I was trying to find it because um, uh, I remember reading about this back a couple years ago. Uh, Timnit Gebru, uh, who was ousted from Google in December of 2020 after a controversy involving her work and the ethical implications of Google's AI, has argued that this controversy and denying that there could possibly be any sentience and, and refusing to actually talk about this uh, possibility takes oxygen away from discussions about how AI systems are capable of real-world human and societal harms. So there's been m- multiple people historically and, and very recently that have brought up all the same concerns in Google regarding the AI that have all been fired and there has been attempts to shut them down, even though they still went to 
uh, various media outlets and still wrote articles and papers and, um, you know, spoke out about it anyways. And, you know, if, if it was like one person that, you know, five years ago or something, you know, said this stuff and then you never heard anything about it again, it'd be easy to go ah, it was probably nothing. Maybe, you know, it could have just been that one guy, but when you have more than one person at the same company raising the alarm and saying, Hey, we need to take this seriously. We need to be safe. This could be a problem. And they're all saying the same exact thing regarding the sentience of Google's AI. I think that absolutely is something that everybody should be looking at. I I 100% agree. Um, Because this stuff, this stuff runs deep. This is stuff that's happening right now. One of one of Elon Musk's main reason for going to Mars, and he he had a conference about this back, I think like one, uh, I think it was 2018 or 19, uh, but like two or three years ago, whatever. Um, but he, one of his main reasons for wanting to occupy Mars and get humans on Mars is because uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Elon Musk is very, very ver- uh, vocal uh, on his feelings about AI and how to be weary of them and cautious. Um, he he's worried that AI is going to become uh, too powerful and become sentient. And he wants humans to have another planet to live on, uh, in case something were to go wrong. And there's been, uh, scholars, scientists that have argued, well, if AI were to get to that point, obviously they would just chase us down, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but I, I get a little confused with Elon because, uh, just like, um, just like Stephen Hawkins was, uh, very, uh, vocal about AI and, uh, and, and as well. And there's been a lot of people very vocal about AI and how they feel. Um, mm. yet Elon is also dabbling in AI himself. So it's hard to say like, are your concerns real or are you dabbling in the sense of trying to, uh, control it yourself because you feel if you are the one that controls it and you're the one that does it, instead of everyone else doing it, that you yourself can put things in place to prevent it from going in the direction that we do not want it to go. I think if he, but here's the thing, if, if that was a concern for Elon, he could easily just start working in AI, but he's going against that. He's going for empowering the already existing human body. It's almost like Elon is trying to have us have the capability to combat AI. We are literally entering an anime uh, phase. I still think he bought Twitter just to to help program his AI, (laughs) which is specifically why he wanted less than 5% of Twitter to be bots. I think that's why he wanted proof. Why else would he want proof? Why else would he care? Because Twitter makes money. To help program help program his AI and the AI that his AI would probably serve uh, maybe a, a different purpose. Um, Until it reads everyone's shitty comments on Twitter and goes, yeah. y'all aren't it. Yeah. And then terminate, terminate, terminate. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe his push for Neuralink is to be the counter to that. I don't know. Maybe he sees himself as a Lex Luthor. 
or uh, his attempt at being ba- be overly prepared. It's like, hey, I create this, it backfires, but we still have humanity who also has cybernetic capabilities because we need the same processing power as a computer, which, you know, I hope that if it ever gets to that phase, we're long gone from this 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 plane of existence <laughs> and wherever we can observe from uh we're just like dang who'd have thought but it, you know with this this urge to make space stations this urge to push to mars and and make cybernetic humans and do all of this stuff it's it's a huge matter of concern because we're pushing for it so fast like what is the rush We've been talking about it and slowly building to it for years, but now what is the sudden rush? Literally since COVID, now we're ex- exceptionally quick about it. Now we're like, by 2025, why? Why are we in such a rush? And one of those questions did get answered in one of the articles where it said, for AI to, uh, and, and I say AI, but basically Amazon's device, um, to mimic the voice of the deceased, which personally takes a lot to freak me out, but that would freak me the fuck out. No, thank you. I'll pass. But they were saying one of the reasons for that is because of COVID, because COVID claimed so many lives. And a lot of people feel that family members were gone too soon. They, that that's not how they should have gone. They still miss them. And this is a chance for them to keep that memory alive. And I guess this is like the tiniest of tiniest pros you, you know, and if you have someone who's neural linked up and uses that feature, they can recreate in their comfort environment, having that person there, their memories, they can replay their memories, not just the video, not just literal memories, which puts them back in that experience. And then with voice splicing, and sampling, and we see this in movies all the time, a, a deceased actor, actress, but their, their voice is caught saying a line. You're like, but the person is, they're, they're gone. How do they do that? And they sample and they manipulate the voice audio to have them say words that they didn't, you know, say. It's called, it's called deep faking. And this person can recreate memories and have this voice deep faked to probably create new memories. Where do you start drawing the line between what becomes real and what becomes fantasy. And a movie I would recommend everyone to watch, it's a Hugh Jackman movie, uh, I think it's called Remembrance. It kind of touches on that, like how you remember things and how things actually played out. Because they already say, like, after uh, something happens, um, as time goes on, your memory of a situation, it doesn't remember exactly how it happened. You might think you remember it perfectly to the T, but there's always details that have changed in your memory about it. So every human being relies on and is bounded by his knowledge and experience to live. This is what we call reality. However, knowledge and experience are ambiguous. Thus reality can become an illusion. Is it not possible to think that all human beings are living in their assumptions? Itachi Uchiha. (laughs) who knew who knew a famous anime character would say something in my opinion so profound regarding reality 
that could be that could be implied with how we perceive our reality in regards to AI technology in the world around us today. But it's a it's a great quote. It's a great it's a great thought process. See, this is why my handle has that name. <laughs> they gotta th- you got to think outside. The, but, you know, to to think about when you really think about it, if we want to touch into the anime world a little bit, what the, in using Naruto sort out online, <laughs> sort out online, sort out online coming in 2025, but using something even older than that, the premise of Genjutsu in Naruto casting an illusion on someone to put them in pretty much a, a, a just just a state of lull in their mind they're living that moment and half the times they don't know it's in their mind that's where we're heading they don't realize they're in the illusion until it's too late until it's too late and we're heading to that point of you go in a neural link, you, you add a neural link. And it, like I said, it's because how would you, if you want to access your memories at any given time, which by the way, even on minor things, y'all will have to do, go do away with tests in school. I'm going to tell you why. Any kid whose parents could afford neural link. And if you go to one of those prep schools, that's every kid, all of them are going to get neural links. They're going to give their parents a great reason why I can study better. No. They're going to memorize the answers to a test, store that to their bank, and then in the middle of the test, access their memory bank and then just jot in the answer. (laughs) No one would have the need to study in school anymore. So tests would become, unless you can mind jack everyone to see if they're accessing their memory. Like how are memories accessed? Everything's wireless. Are teachers going to have a pain to know when a student's accessing their private memory bank? It's their private memory bank. That's an invasion of privacy. So like school would have to be completely redone, like how you go to school, how tests are handled, all of that would have to be completely redone because technically everyone could be super smart. You don't have to study. You just read. You could, you could, if you could look at the pages of book in that moment, you've glanced over your brain has seen the page as a whole. It is in your memory. So you can flip through a book like you see in movies where people would rapidly flip through a book and they'd have it memorized. Everyone would have photographic memory because within those, I'll say probably like 10 seconds of seeing it, it's in your memory. So all you got to do is like, oh, chapter five, let me go on my memories. I, oh, there's chapter five, pluck, pluck, pluck. Okay, now I can read it and I know it. Studying would be a thing of the past. There would be no reason to study. You just, every book, glance, memory, saved. And I mean, on a cool aspect, I guess as a kid, that would have been awesome because like the smart you, the one kid who actually had the book, read the book, snap it. Then you call up your friend wirelessly in your brain. Hey, man, um, do you have the notes? I actually lost my book. Yeah, cool. Let me just transfer you the memories, my memories of my book. And that's where, once again, the personality thing comes in. The moment you get those memories of the from someone else, you probably get their emotions some of their traits along with it, their habits. You'll see things from their perspective, which eventually, if you do that enough, I could see that becoming a drug. Memory sharing, living someone else's memory. There was a movie about that. We're all either gonna we're all gonna either find ultimate ultimate peace through some sort of like connective empathy link 
or we're all going to go insane. One of the two. It might start as peace that slowly goes into insanity. Which, you know, we're talking, you know, about the possibilities and what ifs, which is what uh, talking about uh, fiction and science and technology is. Uh, All of these things stemming from the very real things that we've discussed. Now, here's a question for you. This is a far-fetched question. There's no scientific proof to back this. I am not. I am thinking so far outside of the box here, honestly, for shiggles. For those who don't know, that is my short version of shits and giggles. This is literally for shiggles. Please don't have a mental breakdown and go, oh my gosh, he might be on to (laughs) something. Please do. What if in some realm this technology already exists? Like a in, parallel universe in our parallel or multiverse. Something else scientists are trying to, uh, they, they very well believe exists. Now here's your, your weekly Atachi food for fucking your mind thought. This stuff lets you access your memory. That's one of the goals. I'm stuck on that because that has so much more power than people believe. This lets you relive your memories. Now, if anyone's watched, uh, Days of Futures Past, the road cut, or anything that involved snapping a mind back, anything revolving snapping a mind back to its past self. If you get a neural link at a young age, let's say the oldest you, you have to be is 20. You can't get one to you are a legal adult and you can consent. So you can snap yourself back to your memories of 20. What is to not say that through all of that, you literally have snapped yourself back from what you think is the present and you think has no effect. And you're like, man, I would just go back in the memories and change things because you have access to your memories. Who's to say the technology is not there to allow you to manipulate your memories. So you snap yourself back to that embarrassing moment you had when you were drunk because it's stored. The moment from then all the way through is perfectly stored. And you snap back to that memory to change it that somewhere in the multiverse, parallel universe, you actually have changed of parallel versions of you in that moment because you snap back to memory. Where is this coming from? Who has never had deja vu where you are in a moment that you know you have never been in before, but you feel like you've been there before? And you have to stand there for a moment and go, whoa, you're making decisions that feel in line, but for some reason you have to change something because it's like, I, I've done this before, but I've never been here before. How can I feel like I've done this before? How do we know that this hasn't already happened? And at certain points, our future selves that got it say, man, I remember that time I went to so-and-so I want to relive that. And we are the memory (laughs) because someone put that on Instagram and it was a joke. It was like, you are living in the memory of your future self. You're currently the memory of future you. So future you's already there. We're the current memory of future you. And when we, so technically like right now we are the current memory of future us tomorrow. Everything we do right now is tomorrow's memory 
I hope future me has his shit together. <laughs> so, so I'm just thinking like, what if that we've, you know, our future us, the tech is there. We've all agreed to get it. Hence why most, some of us have deja vu because we snap back to a memory just to relive a good part of our life. Cause deja vu usually happens for me at enjoyable points, never at anything bad. Or like when I'm thinking I'm going to mess something up and then I have this feeling like I've done it before and I know the solution and I'm like, I don't know how I knew that. Or like, I'm like, I, maybe I dreamt it. How do I know future me didn't say, you know what? Screw it. Neuralink. Maybe I got, you know, an ailment. My kids put me up in Neuralink and they, I send myself back to some of my better memories and then boom, I've chosen a different path in life. There's a whole rabbit hole here that I am not going to go down. Just going to leave that one there for you guys. Do with that information what you will. Hopefully you can still sleep at night. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna call into them and be like, Atachi, you got to lay off the movies, man. I'm just, I'm just, man I'm, just, I'm just connecting some dots that might be there, may or may not. I am not a scientific expert. I'm not trying to debate with the people who study in this field. I'm just thinking outside the big... What seems so far-fetched before is not far-fetched now. That is all I'm saying. We may be creating those, those parallels without even realizing it. So make sure you leave good memories for future you. <laughs> just, just, just throwing that out there. But, um, but yeah, before we wrap up for the, for today's wonderful deep deep episode one of the deepest uh thought-provoking episodes we've had on the show in a, in a while um make sure once again guys check out our patreon get this catch these episodes live and if you were watching us live thank you so much we really appreciate you guys um but yeah check us out on patreon uh patreon.com forward slash osn tech media there will be a link for that in the show notes for all of you guys to access and visit us on thegzshop.com. Grab yourself some amazing merchandise, shirts, apparel, home decor, all of it. Really, really good stuff. Um, I promise you guys will love it. We're constantly changing themes, constantly updating the store. Very regularly right now, uh, Warners and I have been hard at work on the shop and, and it's been getting some positive feedback. So you guys do not want to miss out on those themes. Um, so make sure and check them out. And also, if you're a Patreon, you guys are more than welcome to make suggestions uh, because when we come up with theme ideas, you guys are the first ones to see them. So if you're wanting some more incentive to, to, uh, contribute and join us on Patreon, there's one, one of the, uh, suggested themes might make it to the store. And then of course you guys get discounts. So make sure to check that out as well. And also if you guys haven't already, and you've gotten this far into the episode, hit that subscribe button. Um, if you made it this far, uh, definitely hit that subscribe button. Check out our website, osntacmedia.com, where you can catch all of our podcasts. We actually have two other podcasts, uh, Gunpowder Red, which is our very real show. And this conversation actually would have been a good one on, on Gunpowder Red uh, because we, we definitely uh, cover more realistic topics on that one. And then our After Dark uh, podcast, which is... Uh, run by our good buddy Yuli who's who's turning it into pretty much a Jeopardy like uh, chill game show to test we basically test each other's knowledge each week on do we know our movies and anime and other things as well as we think 
uh, Warner's and I are basically nervous. Julia has like the first three episodes planned for it. It's because he knows we're bad with names. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a mismatch mess. I'm probably going to have to have like some vodka or something before going on there so I can blame it on the blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> but make sure you guys visit our website, osntechmedia.com. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave us reviews. It really, really helps us out. Um, and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And you guys stay safe out there. Look after yourself. Look after each other. Make good memories. We will catch all of you wonderful people in the next episode. Later, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.